The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and it's really good to be back with you all. And today we've got a really elevated treat coming up. We're going to have Noemi Bates back on the show again. She's a devoted member of the Ethereum Society and has been for more than 20 years. She's an invaluable staff member. She works full-time at our European headquarters, plays many different roles here in London since 2001. So today... She's going to be talking about an extract from the ninth freedom, solar existence. It is little wonder that the ancient scribes who wrote the Bible regarded the sun as God. It is little wonder that even in more ancient times than this, they worship this as a god, a form deep, deep down beneath the slime of man's ignorance. There was a burning, a spark of the divine which burned with the self-same flame as burneth this mighty globe. All the energy that a terrestrial man uses comes from... the many acting as the one. Think twice, O man, before you use this energy wrongly. Know that if you attempt to use this energy wrongly, indeed you are committing a base crime. A very interesting extract from the Ninth Freedom, Solar Existence. The karmic lord, Mars Sector 6, states it quite plainly, that we are responsible for the way we use the energy made available to us by the mighty sun. The sun is a living entity, and it is inhabited by advanced beings. Although it sounds quite unbelievable, it is still true. The solar lords blend together to form the very radiations of the mighty sun. And as incredible as it may sound, one day we too will be able to inhabit the sun because it is part of the evolutionary ladder we are all going through as outlined in the Nine Freedoms. I think you'll agree that most people enjoy a hot summer's day, when we can relish in our outdoor pursuits, but how often do we think or even thank the sun for its life-giving energy? I consider myself to be a sun worshipper in more than one sense, I truly enjoy sunbathing, and who doesn't? But I also realise that we are completely dependent on its energies, for without it, none of us could survive. In fact, we are told that we are solidified sunlight. Everything we see around us, even our body, is made up of ten pranas. 
coming from the mighty sun. Our dependence on the sun was brought home to me quite forcibly. When I experienced a sun eclipse some years ago, it was a glorious sunny day. I was standing outside, feeling quite excited, waiting for the moment to arrive. It only lasted a minute or so when the moon obscured the earth's view of the sun. Everything went dark and cold. A slight breeze in the air also made the whole atmosphere quite eerie. The birds started singing in panicked confusion and the dogs were barking, I suppose out of fear. In that moment, I literally froze and thought to myself, Oh my God! We have no chance whatsoever of survival without the sun. The whole experience was so tangible, I will never forget it. And it's a good reminder for me too, to appreciate what we are given in life. So when Mars Sector 6 says in the Ninth Freedom, it is little wonder that the scribes who wrote the Bible regarded the sun as God. They were right. It shines always 24 hours a day, radiating forth its energy. But we should also be mindful of the fact that this energy is freely given to us, allowing every living being on this planet to go through varied and vital experiences so that they can advance. We have a duty to use this precious energy wisely. To quote Mars Sector 6 once again, Know that if you attempt to use this energy wrongly, you are committing a base crime. The Nine Freedoms wisely outlines the ways in which we can use this energy, and there are many. But service to others, without a doubt, should be at the top of our list. Beautiful thoughts there expressed by Noemi. Thank you very much, Noemi. What do you think yourself about that, Darren? Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, we need to be um, <laughs> shaken to realize some of these truths which are so um, important to us and to our, you know, to our own evolution, to our own enlightenment. And uh, I think she, yeah, I think she relayed a great experience of, you know, a moment in which that happened for her. Yes, and it's very interesting, you know, that... Um, the ancients uh, in the Bible and the Hindu scripts, that was the zenith. I mean, the 12 blessings has, has mm. gone further. Um, the supreme lords of karma in some form must have been known about as being a living being. The galaxy was not known about before the 12 blessings as being one living being. Uh, mm. But the sun was the zenith. And you can see, I mean, the uh, the name of God in, in, in some Hebrew writings as I am that I am also bears out this, this point there made by Mars Sector 6 that deep, deep down beneath the slime of man's ignorance there was a burning spark of the divine which burned with the self-same flame as burneth the mighty globe. So there's that mm. awareness too which was in those early scripts. Then the New Testament you've got in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Well, of course, that's the word that's emitted by the sun. So it was known. And you have these brief, that extraordinary interval uh, in in Egypt, in which Akhenaten, the, the, the you know the pharaoh, introduced mm -hmm. worship of the sun throughout his reign, and then as soon as he was gone, they reverted back to their relatively relatively petty gods compared to the sun. Again, uh, it's it's a vital, vital, and very logical. It's ironic, isn't it, that some of the uh, missionaries who went out. Uh, tried to stamp out worship of the sun when really it's a far, yeah. far more advanced practice than anything they were bringing. Yeah, we, we we tend to look back sometimes or even, you know, with the hubris of certain cultures, look at others and think they're sort of backwards um, mm -hmm. because of these things that seem so alien to us. But in reality, it's uh, it was an extremely advanced thought um, and practice for them to have. Yes. And, and one that probably help to improve the karma of those people, being able to recognize, number one, um, the sun as a living being, but then also to actually um, worship it in that way, to recognize that in their, in their culture as well. Good point, good point. Now, Darren Ball, there you're listening to, our producer and 
every time he comes up with one of your comments, which we really appreciate, or your questions. Uh, so, Darren, what have you got for us today? Yeah, i got a good question, actually, I think about um, kind of an everyday experience that probably a lot of people have had who are on the path. <clears throat> before we get to that, though, I'd like to uh, invite you, if you're tuning in for the first time, to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, and about Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And if you do have a, a comment or a question like the one I'm about to read, um, do share it with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So, Richard, this one goes as follows. It says, it seems that no matter what I've been doing, I'm still affected by others' energies and energy fields, and sometimes this is extremely draining and unpleasant. I would normally avoid these situations, but since I do work and have not become a full-blown renunciate, it is basically impossible to avoid. Discernment is growing within me, and knowing who to and who not to speak to is helpful. But do you have any advice for me on how to handle or better process these situations? I think uh, most people are not conscious of these energy exchanges, but some most definitely are, and their behavior is predatory, in my opinion. What can be done to be better guarded and prepared for this? With my current job, it may be difficult to, to just go and meditate or, or center myself somewhere whenever this happens. In the meantime, however, I will continue to have a kind and loving attitude and disposition. But if you have any recommendations to help me in this area, I would appreciate them. I think it's a great question, that Darren, um, because you know I've, I've taught, as you know, many developing psychics over the years, especially a decade or so ago. And I, I, mem- I remember, you know, one of them was wary of visiting a hospital because they were picking up all these vibrations as they walked to visit the person they came Mm. to see and so you've got to and I always say this in psychic development you've got to learn to switch it on and switch it off that's why the spiritual practices contained in realize your inner potential in my opinion are the finest you'll ever come across because they give you basic control it might be a bit slower in the early stages. Now, you may not be someone who's at in, you know, intent on developing psychic abilities, by the way. You might be someone who's intent on healing, on praying, and you're becoming more sensitized. And as you do so, you will pick up everywhere you go. You'll pick up the vibrations there, and sometimes you'll start to pick up vibrations that were put into an old building a long time ago. It's happened to me. Uh, it can be an extremely upsetting experience. I remember staying in a a former monastery, mm. uh, which was was a hotel in Italy by the time I stayed there. But it was very sad uh, because there were monks there from the past who didn't like it being a hotel. And actually, it almost oh. could, could have ruined my holiday. And I, because I sympath- <laughs> actually sympathized with them in a way, mm. although they shouldn't have been there. Obviously, they should move on. But the... Yeah, so you've got to learn to switch on. I recommend the practice in Realize Your Inner Potential, uh, the breathing exercises, uh, basic detachment. Don't desensitize yourself, though. Don't give up because of this. Uh, but but just uh, one little thing, though. Well, it's not a little thing. One very big thing you can do is a practice called the Violet Flame Practice. You'll find this. Uh, that will help to transmute those energies. There are many other things you can do, but basically... It's vital to learn in all forms of development to be able to switch on and off, especially now, because these are the days, as the master theorist said, of service amid the clatter. It's no longer, this is why they went off to the Himalayas and the remote forests and got away from the vibrations of humanity to to develop themselves. But that's not on now. We have to be here among people and we have to do it among people. So it's a yogic approach. It's control, self-control, and focusing on on what it is that you are doing at a particular time and really deciding mentally, uh, I am not here to, at this point, to pick up vibrations. I'll pick them up when I choose to pick them up. It's not easy. It's something you can learn to do, but it's extremely advantageous. So I think that was a very good question. I obviously could talk at more length about it, but uh, it's something you'll find the answers to in that book, Realize Your Inner Potential, which brings us to the end. And one transmuting protective practice, by the way, the greatest practice we can do, as Noemi said there in her extract, is to serve others. That of itself will bring a certain protection and a certain control because service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. 
Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Yes, welcome back to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and I'm joined as always by our producer Darren Ball, who really holds the show together and uh, is also giving some very interesting comments and thoughts of his own from time to time, because at the moment we are inviting people who live by the nine freedoms. These aren't people who've just read it and think it's a good book. They're people who actually frame their lives no one does this perfectly, but that's what they're aiming to do in accordance with the teachings. They are practicing it. They have experience of this as a living practice because it's not just a philosophy. It's a living practice, the nine freedoms. That's one of the things we're really trying to get over on the Spiritual Freedom Show. So today, I'm delighted to say we're joined from Michigan by Bonnie Watson. She's been a spiritual healer for decades. She's given spiritual healing to patients in hospitals, nursing homes, hospices, and doctor's offices. In fact, she introduced spiritual healing to a community hospital, to nursing homes, to the Hospice of Michigan. Uh, Bonnie Watson is an ordained minister. She's a healing administrator at the Michigan branch of the Ethereum Society. And today, she's going to be talking about an extract from the second freedom, love. Freedom from hate can only be brought into being by the manifestation of love upon all levels of existence. A love is a natural energy, all pervasive, greater than mind, so therefore, it can be a contacted and brought into active manifestation by all terrestrials. Love is the transmuter of war, it is the creator of peace. Love, <clears throat> interference factor nil zero. Love as such is the ahilam of this is manifestation of the second of freedom will bring a to terror freedom from a want. You can love the world without liking it. So said our master, Dr. George King, in the Nine Freedoms in the second chapter called Love. When I was growing up, I was raised in a Protestant church, and around the age of 10 or 12 years old, I began questioning some of my beliefs because they didn't make sense to me or just didn't feel right, and I would often ponder them in my mind. One issue that especially troubled me at that time and in the years to follow was that we were told to love our enemy. And of course, everyone knew that we often disliked or even hated our enemy, yet we were supposed to love them. 
And when I was a teenager, I had two brothers go off to war, and I was supposed to love the enemy. I did not understand this. When I came to the second chapter called Love, where the karmic lord Mars Sector 6 gives the definition of love as an energy, an impersonal, all-pervasive energy, and that this love energy is in all that exists, I was quite surprised to read this. He also stated what this love energy can do in so many ways. I had never heard this before. This was not the love that I thought it was. And then, in the commentary on love, I had a great shock, which was the turning point in my life. Dr. King said that you can love the world without liking it. In that split second reading this, my heart was filled with joy as I knew inside of myself that this was my path. This was truth. This was it. And now, finally, loving one's enemy made sense to me. And more importantly, I understood why we should love our enemy. As we all know, we live in a very troubled world. And the answer, how to solve these problems, is through the use of this great love energy. Love energy is also the healer of disease and discomfort. Over the years, I have received healing and know firsthand how much it has helped me. And I have also been a spiritual healer for many years. I have had experiences, such as many healers have, where this love energy has alleviated suffering in my patients and in some cases brought immediate relief from pain. These patients were so happy to have their pain just suddenly go away. I have also seen what this great love energy can do to help heal a big tree suffering from tremendous shock when it was transplanted and how it healed an injured caterpillar and helped a dying goldfish and a sick horse. The nine freedoms answered so many more questions for me, such as why we are here, where we are going, and how to get there. It is our roadmap through evolution. This great spiritual journey that we are traveling is explained in this priceless book. And most importantly, performing the spiritual practice called the 12 Blessings, given to us by the Master Jesus, is another potent way to send out this glorious love energy. Imagine the relief of suffering that can take place anywhere in the world when we send out this love energy through the 12 blessings. And so in closing, I would like to say that for sure we can love the world without liking it and that our world needs all our love energy to help make it a better place in countless ways. The nine freedoms and the 12 blessings will always have a very special place in my heart, mind, and soul, as I'm sure it does for so many others. Beautiful words. Thank you very much, Bonnie Watson from Michigan. And isn't it great, Darren, that we have... Uh, the various guests that are coming on now, and you can hear it in, in Bonnie's voice there, who are living and have lived, in the case of Bonnie, for decades, aspects of the nine freedoms as a healer in her case and, and, and many other things that she does. Uh, this is mm. living the nine freedoms. This is living the second freedom, the radiation of love, the healing healer of disease. And there's something I think that marks out the nine freedoms and indeed other of the cosmic teachings received through Dr. King 
Darren, which is that they are empowering people in a way that even the great philosophies, you know, the wonderful Tao Te Ching, the wonderful Bhagavad Gita, one could go on, but they don't empower people as these teachings do in this day and age to really make that difference, even in war. You know, we're told here, mm. heal disease, yes, but also freedom from war, a transmuter of war. Uh, it's the creator of peace. Now, the individual person can make a difference in global things. And that's marks out, I think, teachings of the nine freedoms and certain other cosmic teachings from anything that we've received before. What say you, Darren? Yeah, I think she was really genuinely heartfelt. And, you know, when I was talking to Bonnie about this last week, actually, she recounted a few um, spiritual healing stories. Yeah. Uh, and I could tell how moved she was by this amazing privilege that we all have, as you're saying, of being this channel for healing energy to help other people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it that, you know, epitomizes the point you're making about this empowering us and allowing us to express this this love within us to, to help other people in this way, which is something we can all, all, all can do. Absolutely. And every week, Darren brings a question a comment from uh, our wonderful listeners they're great questions uh, they're challenging sometimes i haven't heard them until darren asked me live on this show so what have you got for us this week darren yeah i got another question asking for some advice here just mm -hmm. before we get to that if you're tuning in with us for the first time you can find out more about the nine freedoms about mars sector six and dr george king by visiting our website that's ethereus.org a-e-t-h-e-r-i-u-s.org and if you have a question like the one I'm about to read, do write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So this person says as follows, I'll increase my meditation time daily and will continue to hope and pray that my psychic vision and psychic hearing will grow. If you have any recommendations for study materials to assist in this process, please let me know. I seek with utmost respect quality of education in the esoteric fields of study in order to be a better use and to play a role in the new age for the greatest peaceful good of all. Great question. I mean, I, I, my best-selling book that I've ever written is called Unlock Your Psychic Powers. It's still available today. I actually wrote it uh, 30 years ago. It was published 30 years ago next year, Darren. But it's still oh. out there. But I have to say, though, that the book Realize Your Inner Potential is a much, much better book. I'm going to say that straight. It's Dr. George King's book. I was honored to co-author it, but it's his book. The practices in it are second to none. One little pointer I'll say, you mentioned psychic vision, psychic hearing. We all have mm. different attributes. Uh, we all... It's a strange thing. I've come across people who have psychic smell. It's the one thing they have. Or psychic touch. I even have come across people who practice psychic taste. You might be surprised, but oh. there's an old saying, you know, I've got a funny taste in my mouth. That's mm. telling you something. So all the all the senses have their psychic counterpart. Psychic vision and psychic hearing are the most common. You have to be careful with psychic hearing. It's the one I do most, clairaudience. But you do have to be careful that it's, it is an outside source and not your own thoughts. And, you know, there's a, you know we know of people um, with mental health issues who think they're hearing voices and they're not. But by the same to token, there are some people, I've even heard William Blake, the poet, described as being a schizophrenic uh, because of the... Uh, true accounts he gave of the mediumship he was doing over 200 years ago so one has to discriminate carefully uh, and be with psychic development the final tip i'd give in the short time we've got is to go by your feelings it's all about feeling and extending the feelings and you'll be guided in a particular direction you might have an attribute in one area or another in time you can bring balance by working on other attributes. So, for example, in my case, I'm much more interested in the third eye uh, than, than developing psychic hearing, which is something I've done uh, in the past, the clairaudience. Um, so you can bring balance, but in the early stages, follow your feelings and go with the way it's expressing itself to you. There are many other tips you can get, but I do recommend Realize Your Inner Potential as a textbook because it gives you control. As we were saying last week, you've got to switch it on and switch it off under your control and above all, use it in service because service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing and spirituality will set you free.
I'm Richard Lawrence and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body Mind Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show again, and we're, as ever, joined by Darren Ball, our producer. And in fact, we have a treat because we're going to be hearing his thoughts in a moment on a a very relevant topic because it's Christmas Eve today, and we take this opportunity to wish all our listeners a very happy Christmas. Uh, It's not the right date, of course. Uh, The right date would be March the 15th for the birth of the Master Jesus on Earth, But however, in keeping with the fact that at least there is a semblance of reverence uh, for the Master Jesus, it's got a bit of uh, overshadowed by the materialistic aspects that have come in. And indeed, originally, of course, uh, it wasn't about uh, family gatherings and uh, all the things that have come to to represent Christmas now. Uh, It's a spiritual occasion in which we revere one of the greatest masters we've ever heard of, a completely unique master. But let's hear now from Darren. Now, Darren, you're very familiar with his voice, and today's another opportunity to hear about the teachings from his experience. As you know, all the contributors to this show are people who aim to live their life by the nine freedoms, not just to study it, but live their lives by the nine freedoms. And Darren definitely is one of those. He's a staff member in London and has helped, among other things, very relevant to Christmas, actually, to start 12blessings.org, a very active site. You can go there and tune in to a practice, a new age practice given by the Master Jesus at 12blessings.org. Outside of his work for the Ethereum Society, he's active in the tech startup world, but today he's going to be talking about an extract from a transmission given by the Master Jesus, and it comes at the end, or just after, the Ninth Freedom. O divine everlasting God, let your light shine upon all the people on the earth now. Let this light enter into their hearts and minds now so that they may realize their nearness to the everlasting flame which is Thy love. Bless you all. All of you. Bless you. May your journey through your karma be A wonderful one. Bless you. Go with God. I thought this prayer was a wonderful way to help us celebrate the most important things in life, especially at a time of year when so many people stop to reflect for a moment, regardless of their religious beliefs. What could be more important than our nearness to God? or our journey through experience, to wisdom, and eventually to our divine source. I've always found this idea of our nearness to God one of the most profound and inspiring truths of all. God is not somehow apart from us. God is within us. And sometimes it helps to be reminded of what we really are, especially in a world which is constantly telling us that we are not enough, and that we never will be enough unless we buy that thing, or look different, or fit in, or even stand out, but not in any way that really matters to the cause of spirituality. We chase the illusion of materialism and the promise of all this stuff as if it will somehow make us whole. But wholeness comes from within. 
from the knowledge that God is our essence, that good is our essence, that love is our essence, and that this essence exists within all things and that therefore the essence of all things is divine, an essence which is eternal, all-powerful and all-knowing, existing everywhere as everything and in fact as even more than that. The world around us is not apart from us, it is a part of us. This realization of oneness brings us something better than happiness, more lasting than the satisfaction of endless desires, and that is joy. Could the world change with that one realization? I think so. We've all come from the same divine source, and we are all on the journey back. Service is the nature of creation. It is our nature, and the more we realize this oneness, the more we help others, the more godlike we become which is a key, I think, to another beautiful phrase we're given here by Jesus, where he says, May your journey through your karma be a wonderful one. We all know, thanks to Dr. George King, that we are creating karma for 24 hours per day, and that we can create karma for ourselves that will bring us suffering or joy. Why bring ourselves pain and misery when, in his words, we can experience joy, good health, longevity, knowledge, and illumination, even instead? All it takes is the expression of that everlasting flame of love within us. No one said it was easy, but it's not a secret either what we have to do. There's no initiation we need to wait for. There's no essential knowledge that has been withheld. We have been told, even by Jesus himself, as you sow, so shall you reap, that action and reaction are opposite and equal. We've all made mistakes, or we wouldn't still be here, but the vital lessons of experience going forward can make us better, wiser people. Mastering our lessons in this classroom of earth can bring us joy, and we can do this by thinking about what God really is, by going within to experience this everlasting flame for ourselves, and by helping others. It's the only thing that makes any sense in a world of nonsense. If we do this, we will evolve. As we evolve, we'll become increasingly aware of our own divine nature, and the divine nature of all things. We'll attain greater enlightenment and greater spiritual powers, both of which we can use to help others more than we could before. And even in this materialistic chaos of any modern city, we can all begin to experience for ourselves the everlasting reality of the one supreme creative intelligence behind all manifestation and express this in our kindness, in our compassion, and in the help we give to others. I thought I'd end here with a short anecdote. A little early in the passage, the Master Jesus says, "'O oh, my children, know that you are not alone in your struggles.' You can turn to us for help and guidance for our love. Now, some years ago, I was leading a few people in a practice of the 12 blessings, a set of blessings and prayers actually given by the Master Jesus through the mediumship of Dr. King. Now, and this is the important part, I hadn't told them anything about Jesus. I just invited them simply to do these prayers with me. So there we were in a Buddhist temple of all places, about five of us doing these prayers together. And it turns out one of the people there was actually quite psychic. Anyway, we came to the end of the practice and we'd been sitting in silence for a couple of minutes when I decided to ask a couple of people about their experience. And this lady piped up and she said, that was very powerful, but it was strange because here we are in a Buddhist temple, but while we were doing the prayers, I saw this magnificent vision of the Master Jesus with us. And I have to say, I think I must have smiled from ear to ear because that was a fantastic proof of these teachings and of that promise that the Master Jesus makes. So do always remember the nearness of this great master and others to us. Do express your divine nature and make your journey through your karma a wonderful one by helping others. Would there be anything more in keeping with the Christmas spirit than that? At this point, I think I can do no better than to leave you with the words of Dr. King, who said once in a Christmas address, Do have a joyful time, but remember your values. Not the things which will pass in a day, but the real values by which a man and woman are measured. The anvil upon which the soul is formed. Beautiful words, Darren. Thanks very, very much. And you know, I don't think we can do any better than to do that prayer. It's something we don't do on Spiritual Freedom Show normally, but let's do it. It's Christmas time. As I say, not the correct date, but a date that most people in the world believe is the correct date, uh, or it's the one they observe. Let's join in that prayer, because it was given not for us just to listen to and read, but to practice. And to do that, providing you're not driving a car or doing something uh, which is dangerous to join in, uh, raise your hands with the palms facing forwards and visualize a white light coming down from above the head 
down through the arms, out through the psychic centers in the palms of the hands, and out through the heart chakra as well. And I will say this prayer and we'll all join in it together. Mentally, sending out energy as we do so, sending out love, energy, in the name of the Master Jesus. O divine, everlasting God, let your light shine upon all the peoples on earth now. Let this light enter into their hearts and minds now, so that they may realize their nearness to the everlasting flame, which is thy love. And now pass the palms across each other in a single movement, which is to seal the energies. And that is our Christmas prayer, under the, following the inspiration of Darren there on the Spiritual Freedom Show. So, Darren, that's bringing us to the end, uh, towards the end of the show. But do you have a quick question or comment from any of our listeners this week? Yeah, I do a quick one. I think it's probably one that you've um, answered many times before on, on radio and elsewhere. Uh, and I'll just say before I share this, that if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars Sector 6, and Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. It's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And if you have a question like this, do write to us, a spiritual freedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So very quickly here, Richard, um, we've been posting recently on social media about psychic and spiritual powers. Mm. And um, one of the comments was from somebody and I wonder what you would say to this one, said that that's all well and good, but uh, prove it and then we can start to talk. <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. You know, I, one of the reasons I got into psychic development in terms of teaching it uh, was that I'd been doing a lot of interviews uh, on a lot of media outlets at the time, and this would be the uh, mainly the 80s and very early 90s. And had given a lot of proof, a given proof, for example, of the authenticity of Dr. King, and there's plenty of proof out there of all kinds of psychic phenomena and out-of-body experiences. But there are two great forces that work against that kind of proof, and they are fear and doubt. And those are the things that imprison our spiritual and psychic development. They're not genuine scepticism. They're not logical inquiry. They're actually a negative energy. That's what I'm referring to. But I realized the one way you could break this, everybody could break this, is by having an experience themselves. Then they would know. Other people may not believe them. It really doesn't matter too much. The losers are the disbelievers, not you. Uh, but have your own experience. And that's what I started to offer through my Unlock Your Psychic Powers workshops that people came and I virtually guaranteed that you'll have an experience of one. You'll either feel the energy, you'll, you'll be able to pick up a thought. You'll just show yourself that this is something real. Uh, and you'll know because you'll know the result. Somebody else can say you made it up. I mean, I, got a, I once channeled a poem which was a, given to me by a 17th century poet uh, who did exist. I didn't know his name, but he did exist. I wrote it down. It had 17th century language. It rhymed. It, and I got it in about two or three minutes. It was in a, a particular type of meter that you'd have had then. I know that was genuine. I know I got it down. I know that I didn't work the rhymes out. I know I didn't work the meter out or pick the language. Somebody else could come along and say, oh, well, anyone can pretend to do that. You could have looked it up. You could have gone on the internet, you could, et cetera. Fine. That's them. That's their fear. That's their doubt. They don't know that but you do know. So that would be my advice about proof. Try these things, test them yourselves, have your own experiences, and then you will know. And particularly if you use it in service, the answer will be given to you if you're open to receive it. Uh, because there are so many fears and doubts out there that are not logical. They're in the disguise of logic, but they're not logic and they're not real experience. That would be my advice, Darren, because use these things and they can really help you to help others because service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free.
I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Well, welcome again to the Spiritual Freedom Show and, of course, it's New Year's Eve today and tomorrow we wish you a very, very happy New Year. Uh, Today we're going to be joined by a regular presenter, another person who lives the nine freedoms. None of us say we do it perfectly, but we're aiming to do that, not just talk about them, and that's Mark Bennett. I've known him for over 25 years. He's the co-author of two books with me, God's Guides and Guardian Angels and Prayer Energy. And today, he's going to be talking about an extract from a lecture on the first freedom, that's bravery, by Dr. George King. Bravery is victory through experience. Be brave, not foolish, but brave through wisdom, and know the first freedom. Again, I must repeat, to walk blindfold down the freeway is not the act of a brave man but the act of an idiot that's not bravery bravery is something which comes from applied wisdom and knowledge a wise man might see a lion or a bear and he might turn around and run away from it rather than try to fight it with his bare hands He is not necessarily a coward, such a man, not at all. He might be a particularly wise man because he would be unmatched against that lion or bear with his bare hands. So one has to be wise in this respect and take the first step on the ladder to freedom, which is bravery. What particularly interests me about this part of the nine freedoms is the exact phrasing that Mars Sector 6 chooses when he says, bravery is victory through experience. He does not say bravery leads to victory through experience. He says that bravery is victory through experience. In other words, if we are brave, we are victorious. The very act or the very state of mind of being brave is victory. So bravery is a spiritual state in and of itself. It is not just a necessary step in order to become spiritual. It is a spiritual thing, a thing of outstanding divine beauty in its own right. By being brave... Whatever our apparent successes or failures, we have already won in terms of mastering our own experience cycle. For example, if you devote your life to spreading spiritual truth and people laugh at you and no one appears to take any notice of you and people even try to threaten you to make you stop, it seems like you have failed. But you have not failed because you have followed your destiny with bravery. You have done your duty. It is not your job to force people to believe what you are saying. It is only your job to put truth over in the best way that you possibly can. You have done this. You have not been afraid of failure or ridicule or the threats or anything else. Your bravery is your victory through your experience. And I think perhaps another facet of this is that if you follow your destiny, your true spiritual destiny, which may be very different from the destiny that you might want, if you follow your true destiny with bravery, you will succeed in what you are doing anyway, to some degree at least, even if it doesn't seem like it. For example, When you are spreading spiritual truth and the masses ignore you or laugh at you or something even worse, it may seem like no one is taking any notice. But maybe they are, even if just a bit. 
that somehow the memory of what you have said will remain in their subconscious forever. And perhaps even more important, the memory of witnessing your bravery, your faith, your knowledge of God will also be in their subconscious forever. And it will affect them. It will be an example to them. Even if, at first, it makes them even worse if they fight against it. But this is a battle they cannot win. Because there is an inevitability to truth, such that eventually it must win. It's just a question of when. Plus, of course, the karmic aspects of what you were doing, the magic of what you were doing, and the fact that you were putting these truths on the mind belt, maybe for others later to realize. You might say, yes, I get that, but what if the bravery is used for something bad? Well, I think when it is, in one way, it is a terrible thing, because it is the perversion of something inherently holy, a great holy power, like turning the cross upside down. In another way, the bad person doing the bad thing, for which I am offering no excuse, is at least showing themselves capable of bravery, even in a perverse sense. And then, when they eventually, perhaps through the lives, see sense and turn to the light, they can use that experience, that character trait, for good, like turning the cross back the right way round. Whereas the coward has, as it were, metaphorically speaking, no cross at all to turn upside down or the right way round. And another point Dr. King made about this was that in actual fact, you can't really be brave and be bad. Because being bad is in itself an act of fear in one way or another. So I'd like to end with this point, with this very inspiring message for all of us, taken from a lecture he gave on the sixth freedom. You cannot have bravery without truth. Believe me, it's a part of it. Immediately you take to truth, you feel braver. You have nothing to fear as such. Thank you so much, Mark. As always, lots of food for thought there, Darren. What do you say? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think it really drives home the importance of demonstrating bravery in our lives and all aspects of our lives, in fact. And, um, you know, particularly resonate um, with this point that he talked about, about, um, you know, having the courage to follow our spiritual destiny and to realize that when we do, uh, we are succeeding, even if it doesn't necessarily look like it. I think that's an incredibly inspiring message, especially, you know, for us going into a new year here. Certainly. And, you know, it's very interesting that the master theorist himself revealed in his transmission from free will to freedom, you choose, that the dark forces around Earth go out of their way to instill fear. They cause confusion mm. to bring about fear. They want fear to enter into the minds and the and, and, and the psychics, if you like, the whole psyche of humanity, uh, because that is going to make those people impotent, make humanity impotent, because through the very same mm. door that fear enters comes doubt. And I want to stress you, by doubt, we're not talking about inquiring logically or discriminating, but and at the energy of doubt, which you see all the time. You see people ruling things out purely on an emotional basis, which they think is logical, but it isn't. It's just doubt. And at the root of that is fear. And so that has to be conquered. It's the, Those are the two things which stop us raising the kundalini because they can manifest in so many different ways. Uh, a, a raising the kundalini, I should say, up the back of the spine, through the spine, up mm. the back. Um, they are, that is prevented by this instillation of fear and doubt into the psyche of humanity, deliberately instilled. Uh, of course, the dark forces themselves have their own fears. They are frightened of the light. Um, and that's very interesting, too. But so important, bravery, victory through experience, uh, absolutely key. It's, it's not by chance that it's the first freedom. Mm. I think it's interesting as well, you know, you talk about it being an emotional response rather than anything, you know, based on logic. And, mm. you know, when when people really question 
spirituality, but not in a kind of logical inquiring way, as we've discussed on a previous show, but in a kind of emotionally kind of, you know, reactive way, I kind of think to myself, are you really defending this kind of like way of life we've created that is war, war bound all the time, yeah. where people are unhappy, depressed, empty, disillusioned, chasing materialism? Is that really what you think is better than what I'm talking about? Yeah. I just, you know, it's like, it's not logical at all. No. And it only, as you say, must come down to fear and doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. People give each other what they think is a knowing look. Isn't that ridiculous? It's not a knowing look. Right. It's a look of fear. It's a look of doubt. It's a look of ignorance. If they are dismissing a truth just because of their doubt, not because they've investigated it and come to a logical mm. finding. Uh, and this this is one of the endemic problems on on this planet, and uh, that's why bravery, of course, is victory through experience. Now, Darren, do you have a question for us this week? I think you do. Actually, today I'd like to um, I'd like to share a couple of comments. I like sure. I like to bring these up every once in a while yeah. just to um, kind of get get a pulse on what you know where people are at and share a little bit about where people are on their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, Mars Sector Six, and Dr. George King by visiting our website ethereus.org. That's a e t h e r i u s dot org. And if you do have a comment like this that you'd like to share, do write to us. We'd love to share them on the show. That's spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So I've got a couple here, Richard. I'll just pause off the first one in case you'd like to say anything. Mm. But first one goes as follows. Um, I am not so new to the spiritual teachings because as a matter of fact, I've practiced a bit here and there just out of curiosity. But now I'm in my mid-50s and I'm telling myself I need to start doing something to make myself, my loved ones and the rest of the world feel and look better and healthier. I know also that it gives me great joy whenever, whenever I'm involved in philanthropy and selflessness. Thus, I decided to pray to God to direct me and I found you. So I decided to check it out after going through the first um, set of emails about spiritual healing. And I think this is what I need to start me on the way to fulfilling my desire to make the world better. Thank you for this privilege. Fantastic. And a prayer was answered. The person <clears throat> was directed and more important, they've had the bravery to follow it. Because so many people, I think this is true of, of uh, academics very often. They focus. They You can't say they don't concentrate but they block off their intuition because they doubt it mm. immediately. Here's a person who's done a prayer. They've been guided. They followed it. They're going to act on it, which is spiritual healing, which is certainly one of the great places to start. It's not the only one. Prayer is another one. There are several places you can start, but certainly well done and well done for following the guidance you receive. It's quite rare. Yeah. You've done well there. Yeah, great example. Great point. Mm. I really agree with that. So we've got another one here. It says someone, hi there, I'm fairly new to spirituality after spending many years um, always worrying about my career and material things that don't give me true happiness. I feel lost in this world. and I'm looking for a deeper meaning as to why I'm here. I don't necessarily believe in gods of all religions, but I'm open to new ideas and experiences to broaden my mind and gain a better understanding of who I truly am and why I'm here. Okay, I think the comment I'd make there is that, you know, we shouldn't be limited by our beliefs because belief is only a level. It's a useful level if, it, if, it's, a, if it's a link to truth. But, uh, you know, a lot of people think, well, I'll pick my beliefs and I like this one and I don't like that one, like the sort of cherry picking the beliefs they actually feel comfortable with or enjoy or find they can assimilate into their lives. And we need to go to the next level, which is a search for truth whether we like it or not. Uh, And so that's what I would just throw in to that very interesting comment we've received there, Darren. Yeah, I I totally agree um, that that's sort of the attitude that we need to approach it if we really do care about truth and and the difference that it can make in our life. And I like how he talked about, you know, that he is, he's opened to new ideas and experiences that will broaden his mind. Yeah, Yeah. and that's great. I think that's so much of what it's about. And as long as, you know, one really is open in the real sense and, uh, you know, some there's a lot of rubbish out there, too. So you have to discriminate, but you, you are willing to accept it when you find it, whether you like it or not. That's the hallmark. And uh, that's really the essence of what Dr. King always taught. Truth is whether we like it or not. And the greatest truth, of course, that we can practice in these days is the truth of service, which is the jewel in the rock of attainment. <laughs> Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.